0: The mail every morning uh, gets dropped off and then it goes to Amy's desk. And Amy received this handwritten manila envelope that said to Wild Iris, 333 Main Street. We haven't been at 333 Main Street for nine years now. So shout out to our local mail system that got it to us because they knew where we were. Uh, We opened it up and inside of this manila envelope... Is a handwritten letter, a tag from a pair of gloves that we used to carry, and a pile of cash. I open up the letter, and it says, I stole this pair of gloves from you when I was in a really bad place in my life. Here's the money I'd like to pay for them. Anonymous.
1: That was amazing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. What a testament to humanity, right? that they admitted they were at a bad place in their life and they took care of us all these years later.
2: Welcome to Built Outdoors, where we talk with outdoor industry entrepreneurs about the ideas that became businesses and what they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Build. Let's build it up. On and help me. Help me build it up. Uh, let's build it up. Let's build. Yeah. In 1989, author and historian Holly Skinner was prospecting for gold in the foothills of Wyoming's Wind River Mountains. On horseback, high in the Alpine, she came across the pocketed bone-white dolomite cliffs of Wild Iris. She immediately thought of her brother, famed professional rock climber Todd Skinner, and the photos she'd seen of him climbing in France. Once back to civilization, she called Todd, who was living with his then girlfriend, Amy Whistler, in a teepee in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Todd came over to take a look and sent word back to South Dakota, telling Amy to pack up and head immediately to Wyoming.
1: When Todd and I arrived in Lander, there was a little store called Wind River Mountain Sports, and it was in John Howell's backyard. It was a little garden shed on 2nd Street, and John was selling the odd carabiner and maybe a rope. I can't really remember what he had, but somehow we got acquainted with John, who's this awesome guy, And around the campfire, it was like, well, why don't you guys buy in? And we did. And that's when the name became Wild Iris Mountain Sports, named after the climbing area that was holding our hearts here. I'm Amy Skinner, and I'm one of the owners at Wild Iris Mountain Sports.
2: At the time, Todd Skinner was one of the first sponsored climbers in the country, and one of the most famous climbers in the entire world. But in Wyoming, he was a Skinner, a legendary name across the state. The family had long run the Skinner brothers' outdoor wilderness camps, and Todd's dad, Bob, along with all five of his brothers, have been inducted into the Wyoming Sports Hall of Fame. Fresh off a groundbreaking ascent of El Capitan in Yosemite with longtime partner Paul Piana, Todd had not only the Skinner athletic genes, but the charisma, the larger-than-life storytelling ability, and the belief that he could pull people together and make it work wherever he went.
1: Todd was the only person with a job, and he only kind of had a job, and the rest of our little crew were just climbing. And so eventually we needed to find work to a sustainable way to stay in Lander. The very first location was a little garden shed in John Hall's backyard. And we were there maybe a month before we were able to rent a little tiny log house across from what is now the Knolls headquarters. At the time, I think it was Roper's Paint Store. I believe we rented that little house on the corner for $200 a month, including utilities. We totally started with almost nothing. I mean, I kid you not, we had stock out of the back of Todd's truck. We had used uh, 37 to 39 and a half Sportiva Megas. We had a pile of them because that was the sizes from me, Paul, Todd. Um, We had... Some North Face gear, new and used, that the North Face had um, given and sold to Todd and Paul. After the Sellithae, we had a few Patagonia items from Frank Dussel's shop down in Laramie because he was closing that shop and sold us his leftovers. And truly, that was it. So we were there for, I believe we were there for close to a year, And we moved into 325 Main Street, which was huge compared to that little log house.
0: There's this really great VHS video that Amy came across within the last few years, last year maybe. Amy's recording on camcorder, and she's walking into the grand opening at 325
1: Main. Say hello. 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 How are you? you How are you? in. there. Hi, Bye. Pretty impressive, hey? Look at all these everywhere, and
0: my And she's going thing on here. and on about. Look at all the merchandise. We have so much stuff in here. There's so much merchandise, and now that merchandise could probably fit in our office.
1: Truly. Well, we <laughs> we built these little lattice work triangles to take up floor space. So let that sink in for a second. Like we were (laughs) looking for a way to display things, but we were also looking for a way to take up almost half the floor space so that it looked full. So I believe that was July 4th, 1992, that we moved into 325 Main Street. And we were there several years. I think it was 1998 that we moved a couple doors down to a store that was twice as big at 333 Main Street. To get to Backstock, we had to go out the back door through the snow to this leaky, dark storage unit behind our, our building. And so, you know, there was a headlamp hanging on the doorknob if you had to go out for backstock. It was a full expedition to put your coat and hat on and your headlamp to find your way through that. (laughs) Much nicer now. When
0: I first came to Lander in 2011, I knew I needed a map. And you go into this little gear store, and then these people that you don't know are talking to you like they know you. And that immediately just I felt so drawn to the space. I'm Joan Chase, and I am the manager at Wild Iris Mountain Sports. We moved into the new store in March of 2013. 166 Main Street,
1: which is fabulous.
0: And this is a testament to Jennifer Barrett and how incredible she is. We were closed for one day. In between closing the old store and opening the new store, I believe, we have all these amazing pictures of racks of clothes just wrapped in packing paper and saran wrap getting wheeled down Main Street in Lander. And it was truly just like a community effort to get us moved that quickly. We have off-street parking. We have office space. We have more floor space. And because of it, we're able to employ more people. Um, We're able to employ people year-round. When you walk in the back room, it's this line. We have four desks in the back room. And I love it because it's like a community workspace back there, but we all just happen to work for the same place. And we have a basement. It's one of my favorite things. And I love... um, telling locals that we have a basement, because like, you have a basement? I had no idea you have a basement. What's in the basement? And we have a basement full of really cool old display stuff that we've been collecting since 1990. And, you know, if you walk in Wild Iris and you go, whoa, it looks different in here, it's because Jennifer Barrett has been in there switching out racks and moving stuff around. Um, And we have employee parking, too, which is, like, such an asset because... Uh, I would say that we don't have parallel parkers on staff right now.
2: <laughs> Through all of this growth, there were a lot of changes taking place behind the scenes. John Howell sold his stake in the business, and tragically, in 2006, Todd Skinner died in a repelling accident in Yosemite National Park. His death left the entire climbing community reeling, but the Lander community, particularly Amy, her kids, friends, and family, were hit the hardest. Around this time, Jennifer Barrett came on as a partner and became a central figure in shifting the store focus towards serving the entire community. Eventually, Amy and Jen would buy out the third partner, making Wild Iris Mountain Sports an entirely woman-owned business.
0: I wasn't here for the first few years of Wild Iris, but I know that our roots are so deeply in climbing. And then um, I think hand in hand, you say, Oh, I want a wind jacket. Oh, I want a backpack. And we uh, evolved that way into serving. So many people, and then it turned into, oh, well, I want that cute sundress. And then all of a sudden, Wild Iris is carrying sundresses and purses and these things. And then I think within the last few years, we've all kind of been like, what do we want to carry? Who do we want to be? Who do we want to represent? Uh, who do we want to serve? And why are we here?
1: When we started, it was growing. Our inventory was about. What did Todd need for the next expedition? Or what did we want our personality to be? We sold Stetsons at one point at Wild mm. Iris. I you love
2: know, that. because
1: that was such a an image thing for Todd. And so I think Joan is right um, talking about that kind of growth is how we developed from just having a few items of climbing gear to branching out to our local folks as well as our visiting climbers.
0: I'm trying to think of an example, but I love when we have an item and everybody goes, oh, I've never seen one of these in person. It's so cool that you, oh, the number six cam. (laughs) I always think about the number six cam because it's huge. And we're not a trad climbing community, but because we are a climbing store, we feel it's so important that we have it in our store and I love when people walk in and they point at the huge green cam on the wall and they go whoa I've never seen one in person can I touch it
2: yes yes you can touch it but you know where you can't Amazon or any online retailer for that matter more about that after this
0: Hey, like what you're hearing? Want to create something like this for your own brand? Plugtone Audio is a full podcast production studio. We help outdoor brands make engaging, intentional, and unique audio experiences to tell their brand stories. With full capabilities in-house, Plugtone is a one-stop
1: shop for ideation, production, audio engineering, and distribution of audio storytelling we are aiming to help tell the stories that aren't being told in our traditional
0: outdoor media. If you want to create something amazing together, go to PlugtonAudio.com and reach out. We can't wait to hear from you.
2: Lander, where Wild Iris Mountain Sports sits prominently on a classic but modernized Western Main Street, is a small town in Central Wyoming, population usually around 7,500, that's often described as home to cowboys and climbers. Truth is, tourism, mainly for outdoor recreation, is one of the primary economic drivers in Lander, as well as in many towns just like this across the Western United States. Knowles, the National Outdoor Leadership School, was founded in Lander in 1965 and still has a headquarters and campus here. According to the Wyoming Outdoor Recreation Office, outdoor recreation accounts for 8% of total employment in Wyoming, which is the highest in the nation. Climbers show up in the summer for the cooler, higher-altitude sport climbing, and many never leave. You walk into the bake shop on any summer morning and you'll likely find climbers searching Zillow for affordable houses. But still, there are far more people coming through town, in and out, than staying here. So how does a small town retail shop compete with the big online retailers?
0: Prior to technology and easy online shopping, we said, how do we become the gear store that people are familiar with from their own town, but here in Lander? It's so important to us to be that independent specialty retailer. And I um, was just training a new employee last week and I asked them, I said, like, why do you think we're here? Like, why do you think Wild Iris is here? And they're like, oh, because you're a cool outdoor town. It's like, but don't you think that anything we sell in store, people could buy online? And they're like, yeah, but you get to talk to people. And I said, yes. That was the answer I was fishing for from you because I think that we wanted to create this store prior to online shopping that everybody was familiar with and had this really great selection. But then all of a sudden, people can buy anything online. What makes us special? Is it our selection? Yes. Is it that we have that item that people have never actually seen in store, in person before? And they ask, can I touch that? Yes. And you can talk to people who are using all of those things. And I think we're coming back to what makes us unique. And what makes us unique is the stories that we have that attach us to the inventory we sell.
1: Joan is so good at that. She truly, when she is interviewing new prospective employees, she is looking for their, their wealth of information, either locally or in a specific um, Part of our store. You know, are they backpackers? Are they climbers? Do they know about Leave No Trace? All those things are really important to Joan, I believe, as she hires these people. And then she gives them opportunities to grow in our specific. Area. If they're not from Lander, she gives them the opportunity to talk to people who are and get them out the door to see these places so that they can talk to our customer.
0: Right. Like the perfect employee, they already know about our local area and they're good at customer service. But since we have this history and we do attract um, this clientele, it's like the climbers the hikers who move to town and need a place to land and we still serve that purpose in our town today. A lot of times I get the people who have customer service, but they don't know about the local area. And so I, their very first day on the job, I refuse to schedule anybody for more than four hours because they have to listen to me talk for that entire four hours. (laughs) And Uh, I give them a tour of the store and I'm like, great, we have a basement. And they're like, you have a basement? I'm like, yeah, we have a basement. And then I start talking to them about the local area. So from their very first moments in the store, we are looking at maps. We are talking about um, the names of local crags and trailheads. And I can't take full credit because everybody on staff contributes these things. I just count on that organically while they're on the sales floor with their coworkers that they're going to ask their coworkers, what did you do last night? Oh, I went climbing. Oh, where can you go climbing on an evening in Lander?
1: I don't work out on the floor anymore. And when you work in a bigger store, you have your department and you know that in and out. Our floor staff are so knowledgeable in everything from freeze dried food to cams to sportswear. Like they have to know it all, and I my hat is off to them every day because it's a huge job.
0: Other businesses might say, yeah, the sales floor staff, that's all they have to do is work the sales floor. But that's so untrue. They are our people people. They are helping us manage inventory on a daily basis, and they have to know our inventory so intimately.
1: No one hesitates to say, hey, I don't know as much about this particular product as this person does. Let's go talk to them about it. No one's ego is involved in that, that I see.
0: It does not matter if you've been owner for 32 years or if you've been working there for five days. That willingness and ability to say, I don't know, can you help me? And not feeling like you're a burden to anybody for asking for help. Um, Amy sets this example Jennifer sets this example of just saying, can you help me? What do you think? Having that open dialogue with each other.
2: Each year, Lander hosts the International Climbers Festival, the longest running climbing festival in the US. Also started by Amy and Todd and crew. An economic impact study in 2021 found that climbers attending the festival brought in nearly $150,000 over that weekend and supported $45,000 in local wages. Basically, here in small town Wyoming, climbing is big business. And look, I'm a climber. I run a business in the climbing industry. I know how hard it can be to employ people who Want to be transient, who want to chase the good seasons, who want to cherry-pick the days that they go outdoors. Which of course, in turn, means that they want to cherry-pick the days that they work.
1: Initially, it was just me and Holly Skinner, Todd's sister, and we needed a job so that we could stay in Lander. But Really soon, it became apparent that we needed climbing partners. And so we wanted to start hiring people to work at the store because we could be very flexible. We were kind of building the machine that was building Wild Iris, the crag and the store. Oh, it's your rest day from climbing? Well, why don't you cover this shift? So that Steve can go out and work on his project. He's going to give it a a try today. And that worked really well for a long time.
0: I always ask, do you prefer to have your days off consecutive or split? And if they're a climber, they almost always say split because they want to climb a few days and then have a rest day. Um, And if they're a hiker, they always say consecutive. We're so lucky that we have had very little turnover in the past few years, which I know is the opposite of what we're hearing from the workforce, everywhere else. But I think it's a testament to Wild Iris and the culture that Amy and Jennifer have built, that people actually want to work at Wild Iris and actually want to be in Lander. I really strive to make it so that people can work at the shop and if they want to hold another job and just have Wild Iris be their side gig or if they want it to be their full-time or if they um, want to go traveling in the wintertime, that we can make those things work for people.
1: It occurred to me this morning that most of the people that I work with on a daily basis were not yet born when we opened the doors at Wild Iris. Mm. <laughs> and I feel so fortunate to be excited to go to work. Every day I get to sit between Austin and Jake, and they're enthusiastic, and they're knowledgeable, and they're fun to be with. You know. Our youngest member of the team now is Sam Bechtel, 14 years old. And what I get from Sam, whose dad was one of the early, early employees at Wild Airs, what I get from Sam is this youthful exuberance. He comes through the back room when we're all staring at the screens, and he's whistling or singing. Some of our employees in the early years were Steve Bechtel, Mike Lilligren, You know, later on, Jenna Ackerman. These are leaders in our community now with their own businesses. We've had people come through and work for us for a summer before they were going off to med school. And they are doctors in our community now and teachers. I mean, these people would have done cool things anyway, but I like to think that Wild Iris contributed just a little bit to their sense of community. And I'm really proud of that.
2: We'll be right back with a typical day at Wild Iris Mountain Sports, as well as some of the other challenges of being in business in a small mountain town. So what is the Plug Tone Audio Collective? Well, first and foremost, we're a diverse group of the best, most impactful podcasts in the outdoor industry. We're a network of creative, passionate, forward-thinking people who believe in the transformative power of storytelling and service to our communities through podcasting, climbing, hiking, skiing, mountain biking, and expanding outward. We're here to offer effective advice, ask great questions and tell the stories that aren't being told you can listen follow along and learn more about us and our shows on instagram at plugtoneaudio or on our website at plugtoneaudio.com and please subscribe to the show give us a rating leave us a review and share this episode with a friend it really helps
0: I love to get to the shop uh, early when all the lights are off and it's quiet and I walk around the store and I look at what we have and I go wow it looks so great in here I can tell what season we're in just based off of what the sales floor feels like and I love those quiet moments before we open they're really important for me to um, kind of get some of my personal things out of the way so that when our coworkers start to show up um we can focus on the day. What can we get done before our doors open? Because as soon as we open the doors, before we open the doors, there's people pooling on the doors almost every day. So we have about a half an hour of tasks and catching up on life with each other, vacuum and we begin counting the drawer. And then we decide if we need to take a walk down the street and go visit our friends at the bank. We have a physical checklist of chores that we do every single day. It's everything tidy. Can we bring more up from the basement? And then we open the doors. And most days it's go, go, go. And everybody who works the sales floor is responsible for everything. We don't have people who only stand at the climbing counter and only stand at the register. So um, I love the flow state when everybody's just kind of weaving in and out and checking on all these customers. Oh, and you have cool. Yeah, and I was smart. I came in here yesterday. And oh, and I scoped, scoped it out, it out because yep. I knew how busy you were going to be today.
1: Yep, today because I'm a local
0: yokel. <laughs> and I know how this works. Oh, Would you like a bag? No, you can save your bag. Cool. Okay. It's never. That's my customer, um, and that's she, your customer. They're yeah. everybody's. Um, And since you don't need a bag, would you mind donating to one of our nonprofits? I would love to donate. There you are. That's cool. Thank you. You have a safe, good... You too.
2: Yeah, have a good rest of your day.
0: We're so adamant everybody gets a full lunch. I don't care how busy we are. There's nothing happening that we can't make sure people eat uh, because everybody's happier for it <laughs> we fend off the hangar on a daily basis on any given day we there's somebody fitting climbing shoes and then they're talking about sundresses a moment later and then they're pointing over a map with somebody and ringing somebody up in between and then at the end of the day in the summertime we lock the doors and go home And we try to get out there as quick as possible because there's still four hours of daylight and we want people to go play.
1: I'm usually just chatting with people. I'm so fortunate because I've got Joan and Austin and Jake and Jennifer. They're doing all the hard work and allowing me to visit with people who have built our community, who have are so excited about visiting. I mean, that's basically my whole job these days.
0: One of my favorite things is when a customer walks in the store and they look right at Amy and they go, Amy Whistler, and she stares at them, and then she goes, oh my God, I haven't seen you. (laughs) And that happens on a daily basis Mm. because Amy has been such an iconic presence at the business for our whole 32 years. Mm. And it is amazing to see those relationships happen. You know, we're go, go, go on the sales floor during the summer months, but Amy is go, 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 All the time, and especially the nine months of winter, because Amy manages our entire back room. So Amy's the one sitting at a desk back there, welcoming UPS and FedEx when they come and drop off giant boxes of stuff. She's the one that cuts open the boxes and receives that merchandise into our inventory, prints the tags, and gets the sales floor staff all set up to get the new merchandise out on the sales floor. She's the one that handles when I mess up my orders and I have to send lots of things back to the companies. Uh, She's the one who handles all of our customer service, um, including warranties and returns. Um, And she handles our events. So by saying that she just gets to visit with people, yeah, but that comes from nine months of incredible legwork to set us up so that we can all embrace that visiting with people. It's like, I think if she stepped back and could see it from my view and say, wow, she really knows this business in such an intimate way because she knows everything about this business and also has the skill to go and visit with those people on top of that.
1: I still suffer from imposter syndrome a lot because it's a good thing because I've, been able to surround myself with people who are really good at their jobs. You know, Jennifer Barrett, I credit with keeping me and my family alive for a really long time, because she totally took this scrappy little business and built it into something that is sustainable and profitable and forward-thinking. Around the year 2000, early 2000s, is when Wild Iris really became this foundational part of the Lander community. Jennifer Barrett and Emily Tilden did that by starting to do fundraisers for local nonprofit organizations. And that has continued today through even through the COVID years we we did our best to keep that effort going. And During COVID, when we first decided to shut the doors, we were kind of flooded with local calls saying, how can we help Wild Irest get through this time? We don't want you to go away. You're really important to us.
2: No matter whether you live in a small town or a big city, when another business opens that's similar to yours, it's going to impact your business. That's not to say that it's always a negative impact, but in a tiny ecosystem like Lander, Wyoming, it's certainly easy to think that. Wild Iris isn't the only game in town. So how do several locally owned, outdoor focused retailers coexist in such a small place?
0: So we're really good at what we do and we wanna stay that way. We're in a small town. Like, yeah, in the summertime, we see a lot of tourist traffic. But then we go back to wintertime, and here we are in our small town. How do we make sure that everybody in our community is getting what they need? We'll be really good at this one thing, and they can be really good at this one thing, and they over here can be really good at this one thing. So making sure that within our community, we have all of our bases covered and that there's really great options but that we're respecting who's good at what. We're a small town and we know other business owners and why don't we band together? And Thomas at Gannett Peak Sports, I feel like we have a really awesome dialogue with him right now where, uh, they moved into a bigger space a couple of years ago. They started carrying ski things. We don't carry ski things, but we've been able to converse about where our brands overlap, where our product overlaps. And it feels amazing to have that alliance and that partnership in our small town just a block and a half away from each other.
1: We just had our whole parking lot full for July 4th for the Challenge for Charities Packet Pickup. And our neighbor at Power Sports said, absolutely, use my parking spaces. Not a problem. You know, on the other side, at the Cowfish and Gannett Grill, those guys always contribute to our fundraisers. Their people park in our back space at night when they're working. And our people, of course, have it during the day. But there's just so much give and take with our neighbors.
0: We have the best neighborhood in all of lander right there on main street truly yep and we do talk about how fortunate we are and how amazing our space is but that we believe that we can create those micro communities anywhere in lander you don't have to have the main street 100 block address to become a part of the community
1: and i would like to say a huge part of our culture at Wild Iris is that welcoming atmosphere that we have and the willingness and desire to welcome new people to our community and to our crags and to our rivers. That comes directly from Todd. He, he wasn't actually in the store very often, but when he was, he used his gift to welcome people.
2: Talk to anyone who met Todd Skinner, either at the Crag in Wyoming or out on his travels, and they all say the same thing that he instantly made them feel welcome, like family. And that's part of why Wild Iris is so much more than just a store.
0: Last year, I lost my dad super unexpectedly, and I was in a really sad place in my life, and I was lost. And I am the manager. I'm responsible for a dozen or more people at, in this building. And I looked to these people who depend on me for their schedules and their responsibilities and all these things. And I said, I don't know what to do. And they said, great, let us do it. And they just lifted me up and supported me. The day before the 4th of July, super busy day, we're hosting the Challenge for Charities, Race Packet Pickup, crazy day at the shop, and I'm sending everybody for lunch, and Amy looks at me and goes, have you eaten today? And I said, well, everybody else is going to eat, and then I'm going to eat. And she goes, remember, you have to put your oxygen mask on before helping others. I wanted so badly to be this amazing support system for my team last summer and I couldn't do it. And they flipped that switch on me and they took care of me all year last year. My only job is to be a leader, to lead the team, and I couldn't do it. And my team led me, they held my hand, they picked me up, they supported me. And to work for a place that um, every single person just said, what can we do for you Uh, is wow life-changing, humbling, could make me cry every single day because I am so thankful for it.
2: Big thanks to both Amy and Joan, not only for their time during this project, but also for being leaders in this community that I call home. Also, thanks to the crew at Wild Iris for letting me follow them around with a microphone, particularly on a couple of the busiest days of the year. At wildirisclimbing.com, you'll find updates on conditions for local crags, info on hiking around Landern and the Wind River Mountains, the best local fishing spots, and so much more. You can follow them on Instagram, where their account is run by the store employees, who have a ton of fun with it. And of course, if you're coming into town, stop in at 166 Main Street and say hello. If you'd like to see some of the photos of racks being wheeled down Main Street or more from Amy's video of the grand opening a few locations ago, complete with a Todd Skinner welcome at the front door, you can find that on our Instagram. The link to that and everything else is right there in your show notes. Built Outdoors is created by Emily Holland and me, Chris Hampton, for Plug Tone Audio and is a proud member of the Plug Tone Audio Collective, a diverse group of the best, most impactful podcasts in the outdoor industry. You can find full transcripts and more information about Plug Tone at PlugToneAudio.com.